Resonator guitars are the most incredible music making machines you can get your hands on. And on today's show, you're gonna find out why, in my opinion, Mule Resophonic guitars are the best metal bodied resonators ever made. This is episode 258 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun designed to help you get more progress, fulfillment, and joy from your guitar journey. Throughout today's episode, I'll be keeping you in the loop with some acoustic news you can use, which includes some instrumental wizardry, a banjo expose, and much, much more. Plus, I'll be sprinkling in some comments from the cross-picking episode. But first, let's head to Saginaw, Michigan so you can discover the magic of Mule Resonator guitars. Here are eight reasons why I love Mule and well, why you should as well. Reason number eight, you're in good company. Here's just a small list of the artists that play Mule Resonator guitars or have played Mule Resonator guitars. You've got Kelly Joe Phelps, Charlie Parr, Tom Feldman, R.J. Ronquillo, Tyler Bryant, Ariel Posen, Jeffrey Foucault, Jason Momoa, Joey Landry, Marcus King, Adam Miller, and many, many more. And it's no doubt these folks choose Mule guitars because, well, because of the reasons I'm about to share with you. That's just one reason. Yes, you are in good company. Reason number seven, they have necks that dreams are made of. Yes, the necks on Mule guitars, whether you get a Mavis, whether you get a steel-bodied Rezo, are absolutely incredible the most comfortable neck I've ever played on an acoustic instrument belongs to a Mule Resophonic guitar. And there's a certain reason why these necks feel so darn comfortable. And here's Matt from Mule explaining why. So should guitar necks be shaped like letters of the alphabet or shaped like hands? I hold guitar necks with hands. Let's shape them like them. This is a hand. And one of the main differences between hands and letters of the alphabet is its asymmetry. It's part of the hand that you hold a guitar neck in. If I was to draw a center line through it, you can see that the deepest part of a hand um, is shifted over a little bit. And so we shift the center line of our guitar necks over a little bit. It's an eighth of an inch. And you can also see the angle of the thumb and the forefinger. If I put my hand in its most natural position, you can see that angle. And so, with our necks, we carry that angle through the shoulder, which is this area here, and then through the binding. So that when I put my hand up in its most natural position, I don't have to do anything with my hand in order for my fingers to interface with the strings correctly. It just happens. 
pardon the interruption. I just want to address something that's going on in the comments, something that is spam related that I want your help with. If you see any comment from something associated with Telegram, I think it's Acoustic Life 01 Telegram or something to that effect, it's not me. It's nobody that represents Acoustic Life, Tony's Acoustic Challenge, or myself, Tony Policastro. It is not affiliated with me whatsoever. So please ignore them. Actually, do one better. Please report those comments. Uh, you can just click the three little dots next to the comment, report it as spam, and hopefully YouTube will get their act together and help us rid the comments section from these bots. So please don't give them any information. Don't even respond to them. Just report it as spam. Thank you so much. Okay, back to the show. Reason number six, the mule bus. This is a hard one to explain because I feel like you have to experience it, but let me just paint a picture. What's better than going to your favorite artist's show, meeting your favorite artist's guitar maker, being able to play those guitars, having a beer, and just hanging out with like-minded musical folks? That's the magic of the Mule Bus. Here's what happened at the Mule Bus outside of the Tyler Bryant show in Nashville. How y'all doing? Good. Woo! All of a sudden, our line got a lot smaller. <laughs> Y'all gather around, gather around. And the fifth reason to love Mule Resophonic guitars is social inspiration. You've got to follow Mule on all of the socials. I follow them on Instagram and it kind of just feels like you're part of the crew. It kind of feels like you're on the inside. Here's a quick sampling of some of the things you can find on the Mule Resophonic Guitars social channels. Today we've got a Mule School double whammy. One, how to restring your resonator. And two, how to adjust the action on your resonator. So how you, how you change the strings on this guitar is you swap out one string at a time. Take one string off, replace that string, tune it all the way up to pitch. Okay. The reason you do that is underneath here, you have this T-bridge and these cones inside, and you wanna keep the tension on the cones even. Okay, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. This is not a sponsored show. This is not a sponsored video. I just love Mule Resophonic guitars. I own four of them. We'll get to those in a moment, but I just wanted to be clear that there was no hidden agenda here. I just wanted to share my love of these guitars with you in case you were considering them or in case you don't even know about them. Okay, reason number four, merchandise. I know this might be a weak reason, but it's a valid one in my opinion. You know, guitar brands sometimes have awesome merch and sometimes they have not so awesome merch. Mule has very awesome merch. In fact, I think that they broke the scale of merch awesomeness. The designs are cool. It's something that I think is a statement maker from the t-shirts to the hats, it's all there. It's just the graphics are awesome and the quality of the shirts and the hats are pretty darn good as well. I favor the hat. I also found some shirts that I really dig because there's skulls involved. Anyways, Think of Mule's merchandise as like 
Harley Davidson's merchandise. It's that cool, except for mules in the guitar world and well, Harleys in the motorcycle world. Okay, moving on to reason number three, and this has everything to do with guitars. Reason number three, the third reason to love Mule is the trifecta. Mule offers three guitars. Three guitars. You've got a resonator guitar, you've got the Mavis, and you've got the Mule Caster. Three. That's it. You don't need any more because these three instruments have all of your basses covered. Yes, there's custom options within each of these instrument uh, uh, models, but why muddy the waters with more models? These three guitars have everything covered. And I have one of each of them. I know that sounds like crazy, maybe a little gluttonous, but they each fill a very specific category of sound. And I want you to hear each and every one of them. I actually have four mules. You're gonna hear them all. I've got a standard resonator. I've got a cutaway resonator. I've got a Mavis. And yes, I crossed over and I have a mule caster as well. I want you to hear each and every one. Here they are. Reason number two to love mule guitars is that you have the green light to let go. Now I'm gonna read something off of the Mule Resophonic Guitars website that defines this. This is a quote from Matt, and it makes me love mule guitars that much more. It makes me love the, the thought and the philosophy that goes into these guitars that much more. Here is what Matt has to say about letting go. Let go. We get in our own way when we approach the guitar with facts and figures and preconceived notions. We think we like certain measurements and dislike others. We, quote, would never blank and, quote, really like blank. But oftentimes we end up in our tiny little unpainted corner listening to the same stuff, playing the same things, and never getting anywhere. Let instruments take you places. It might feel wrong or weird or uncomfortable, but there's a reason I don't have any of the typical specs on this website. I want you to get out of your head. Just pick it up and play it. Embrace the potential discomfort and find your way out of it. That's the journey. You'll like where it leads. Furthermore, there's a video that he made <laughs> about pickups. And I gotta share just a tiny, tiny piece of it with you because 
he takes this philosophy and says it in one simple line. And if I can find the line, I'll just, I'll just share that snippet with you. Here's the video. Why? Well, that's because this electric guitar pickup is an acoustic guitar pickup. It's picking up the acoustic vibrations of each instrument and giving it its characteristic sound. Why does it work? What's the science behind it? I have no idea. And I don't really care. <laughs> that was a good lesson I learned from John Reuter, one of my former teachers at Roberto Venn. Um, there's a good lesson in, in there is that a lot of times we can get tied up in the science of things and the gear part of it. And um, we lose track of what we're trying to do and what our goal is. And we can end up being sort of led off track. And the final most important reason to love Mule Resophonic guitars is the Mule community. There's this wonderful community that surrounds all things Mule. From Matt, the head honcho, uh, to the crew, to the artists that play mules, to the folks that are on the waiting list, waiting for their custom mule to be made, to the folks that just like listening to these resonator guitars, there's this beautiful community that emanates from the guitar. And it really underscores a very important thing. Yes, these guitars are tools for making music, but these guitars are also tools for connection. Connection that is really difficult to describe, but the Mule community is a striking example of that connection. So there you have it, my list of reasons to love Mule Resophonic guitars, and I want you to chime in on this discussion. In the comments below, I wanna know uh, one of a few things. Uh, number one, do you dig Mule? If so, why? Number two, uh, do you have a Mule Resonator guitar? If so, let me know which one you have in the comments below. And the third question I have for you, goes back to the whole trifecta thing, are you planning on getting a mule? Or maybe you're on the wait list to get a mule. If so, which one are you getting? Again, let me know in the comments below. It's time for your first dose of acoustic news you can use. And we're gonna kick things off with Jamie Dupuy. I had never heard of Jamie, but I saw this video of an individual playing an emerald guitar's harp guitar, a carbon fiber harp guitar. So I clicked on it, and then I clicked the unmute button, and what I heard was incredible. women are severely underrepresented when it comes to the guitar industry, the guitar world. And that's what brings me to this next news item, Guitar Girl Magazine. I had never heard of this before, but I saw a post from Yasmin Williams, phenomenal female guitar player, that she was on the cover of this magazine. And I thought that is cool for two reasons. Number one, Yasmin deserves all of the accolades, all of the credit, because she just makes beautiful music. And number two, there's an entire magazine, an entire publication dedicated to women 
in guitar, women in the guitar world. And I thought, you know what? I need to share that with you because I think women make up a large part of the guitar world and we need to celebrate that. There are so many incredible players out there. Some of them, a lot of them are women and they just don't get their due time in the spotlight. And I think this magazine is doing a great job of changing that. Okay, moving on to our next news item. And this one is just plain fun. It's something that I want you to just kick your feet up and listen to and watch as well. It's Rashad Eggleston, who's one of the most incredible boundary pushing cellists that has ever played the cello and Billy Strings. What happens when these two juggernauts of acoustic music get in the same room? Uh, this happens and it is downright head bopping, feel good music. Did I even say that right? I don't know. It's, it's really awesome. Let's have a listen. <laughs> got some more news for you and I want to show you what the Tack family is working on this week. It's a very Mississippi John Hurt oriented week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge this week. But first, let's check out some comments from the cross picking episode, episode 255 of the Acoustic Tuesday show. First up is a comment from Jim Semler. He says this, I really needed to hear that advice on guitar routine. We got a new puppy in June and I told myself I didn't have time now for guitar. Your reminder of 10 minutes really resonated. I will be back to my routine. Yes, indeed, Jim, 10 minutes is all you need. Now I can already see through the computer screen right now, some of you shaking your head saying 10 minutes, you cannot get better at guitar in 10 minutes. Yes, you can. It's about the cumulative effect of 10 minutes and 10 minutes being small enough that it actually may lead to a larger playing session. Here's the, the 10 minute rule in a quick, condensed format. If you commit to playing 10 minutes every day, number one, you can do it. Anybody can find a 10 minute window to play. Number two, it puts you in a win-win scenario. You either commit to playing 10 minutes and you feel good about getting your 10 minutes in, or you commit to playing 10 minutes and all of a sudden you've played for a half an hour, an hour. Win-win scenario. Pretty awesome. And number three, you feel good about it. And when you feel good about something, you're that much more likely to do it. All too often I hear folks saying, you know what, I'm gonna play for an hour every single day. And then they feel guilty when they miss a day. And then pretty soon it starts to seem unrealistic and then they don't play at all. That's why the 10 minute rule is so effective. And Jim, thank you for calling that out. I feel like I have a hair stuck on my glasses. Is that true? My nose is itchy. Anyways, moving right along to our next comment. Uh, this one comes from Pops Morris. He says this, hi, I'm new to the channel. What is the TAC family? Uh, indeed, uh, the TAC family is, well, Tony's Acoustic Challenge members. It's a wonderful community of folks dedicated to their guitar routine who happen to be Tony's Acoustic Challenge members. Uh, to, to which um, Gautam Saha replies, this is a really funny reply. I, I wanted to, to just feature this in the show. It falls in between the tick and the toe families. 
He said, but seriously, it is Tony's acoustic challenge, his acoustic program. Yes, indeed, you can check it out at TonyPolacastro.com. And speaking of the TAC family, I think it's a great time to check in and see what they're working on this week. Every day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar enjoyment. Technique, guitar licks, improvisation, rhythm guitar, and chord transitions. And this week is a little bit different. This week, we're focusing on the guitar style of Mississippi John Hurt. But picking little pieces out that fall into each of those five categories. And rather than me reteach the lesson during today's show, I figured I'd just give you a little, well, little sneak peek of the actual lesson. So here's what the Tack family is working on today. Today you're gonna learn one of my favorite licks from one of my favorite Mississippi John Hurt songs, Spike Driver Blues. All right, so I'll do that whole measure too. I'll count along with it and I'll do it pretty slow because it feels like there's a lot going on. We just gotta get the mechanics right. There's actually not that much happening. It's all about mechanics and timing. So here we go. One, two, three, and four, and. Okay, I'll repeat that one more time. One, two, three, and four and. Now we're not done with this kind of uh, dissonance, this almost uncomfortable feeling because measure three has us pinching the D and the open B string one more time. On the and of one, we hit the open G, so make sure to lift your pinky off, and then we go ahead and hit our thumb on that second fret of the D string. So you're gonna take your middle finger from the A, move it down to the second fret of the D, and your thumb hits that on the two beat. So if we just go through the two beat on measure three, it's gonna sound like this. We're gonna pinch the D and the B, index finger hits the open G, thumb hits that second fret of the D string. All right, so it's one and two, one and two. Okay. Time for your last, your final dose of acoustic news you can use. You know when you get some uh, medication and they say make sure to take this through the last dose? This is, uh, this is your last dose. We've gotta take the last dose of acoustic news you can use for today. And I've got a, a few things lined up for you. The first is just a small, small little mention of uh, Gibson TV. They do this series called Collection, or The Collection, and they just featured Slash. And I think this is ironic and cool. Ironic because I think Slash has the most signature models from Gibson of, of any other artist. So that's kind of funny. But number two, I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, and I thought it was cool to see some of the guitars from his collection. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Here's just a very small snippet. The entire episode's like 30 minutes, and it's 30 minutes well worth your time for the guitars and the stories that go along with the guitars. But here's a quick little clip of it. You know, it's funny to have a guitar that was brand new, and it's one of those guitars. You know when you buy used guitars and you see the next album off, and you think about the amount of time and work that went into doing that? This is actually for me, so it's a trip. So this came into the mix then, 88-ish? Um, I got it in 88. Uh, I was on the road with, with uh, guns, and I was retiring my two um, replica, 59 replicas yeah, yeah. that I had. And I called Gibson, and they sent me these two guitars. Not It wasn't this original case. It was those black hard... The protector. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a, a bright um, cherry sunburst. 
both of them were pretty identical. Um, and I, I used, I started using those on the road for a while. Um, and then I had them fit, refinished so that they were a little duller, not this dull. Yeah. And, uh, and it became, uh, my main stage guitar and the backup for all the way through Guns N' Roses, um, and then on through Velvet Revolver. Banjo. I know, I probably scared you. Uh, usually when I say banjo, folks run the other direction, but I'm going to encourage you to stay in your seat because I want you to see these banjos. Banjos made by Jason Romero. I believe he makes them in Horsefly, British Columbia. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Now, Jason is an awesome banjo builder. He's an awesome banjo player. And the name might sound familiar because you likely have heard it uh, in the duo Ferris and Jason Romero. Uh, a duo of him and his wife playing awesome folk tunes uh, that they have written. Uh, it's, it's, I would liken it to Gillian Welch and David Rawlings. If you like Gillian Welch and David Rawlings, you gotta check out Ferris and Jason Romero. But, well, the music's cool, but what I want you to check out right now are the banjos that he makes. Not only the banjo that, banjos that he makes, but the banjos that he played on their new album. They did a cool video of uh, these banjos that he not only made, but played, and he kind of talks about each one. We don't have time for the full video right now, but here is a quick clip of that video, and it's just great to hear insight on these instruments from the person who played them and the person who made them, because, you know, they're the same person. This one I'm calling Big Blue, because it's a 13-inch rim. It's got uh, Blue Heron L shoes on there. And this is based off of some early minstrel era banjos. It's low strung. It's just a big, big, warm, tubby, tubby sound. This one, up until I just made Papillon, was my Desert Island, or my kind of one banjo. It's got uh, a regular flange on it, like a bluegrasser. That's my design, that's all heavy, machined brass. It's got a hide head, it's got our Bella Rose tone ring in it. It's one of my tone rings I developed. The final news nugget I have for you is a brand new album by Kenny and Amanda Smith. Kenny Smith, that name might ring a bell because I mentioned him on the cross-picking episode. He is an artist you need to hear, and now here is your chance. Him and his wife, Amanda, just released a brand new album back on September 9th, entitled All I Need. This duo is awesome. I've been listening to them for a very, very long time, and I was so excited to hear new music from them. Uh, if you've never heard them together, now is your chance. And on those sweet, sweet notes, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, yes, you and I both know we have to take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, I'm going to share with you 10 songwriters you need to hear. They'll make you laugh. They'll make you cry. They'll make you think about life. That's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. And I do want you to tune in. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Before I let you go, let me do remind you of one thing. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day 
that you play. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers, be nice, and play guitar.